Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the show. I'm your host Jeremy Marriott and today we're going to be talking to a young lady who has started a whole mindfulness movement in Queensland after the loss of one of her family members. I've been trying to get her on the show for a while now and uh, I've been following her on Instagram and she's she's done some amazing stuff. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show, Jessica Kate. Right, I'd like to welcome to the show, Jess, how are you? I'm amazing. Thank you. Thanks for having me. That's great. Oh, it's, been, uh, it's been a battle to get you on, trying to get timings <laughs> working out, but we finally got it sorted. So just for our yeah. listeners, if you could uh, just give them a, a, a bit of a rundown of, of what you do and where you're at at your life at the moment. Sure. So I'm Jessica Kate. I am the founder and creative director of Inspiring Minds Movement. It's a global movement, which is a series of self-development events. And we bring in uh, multiple guest speakers and celebrity guests to do live performances. So it's a bit of a concert and a show as well as inspirational speakers that bring in empowering stories. And there are the authors, coaches, entrepreneurs, anyone with an inspiring story to share that can help empower the audience and, and help them grow. Um, I've recently just launched another division within Inspiring Minds called United Women. So it's targeting just women only and we're helping them step into their feminine energy and feminine power since uh, we feel that a lot of women and myself included mm-hmm. uh, tend to be in our masculine too much when we're doers and we're action takers. Uh, so we're help- helping them do that, which is, which is really empowering at the moment. Um, and then I'm also an inspirational speaker at my own events and guest speak at other people's events and podcasts. Wow. Uh, and also a life coach, an international life coach. Um, I have minimal clients in Australia, actually. Mine are all over the world. I have clients in New Zealand, the UK, and heaps in America. I have a big following in America. No wonder it's so hard to, for you to have yeah. the time to get on a <laughs> podcast. Yes, yes, I know. So I've been watching your Instagram for a little while now. And, and what was your event that, that, that changed your life? Yeah, the event that changed my life, the catalyst for me uh, was my father's suicide uh, just over two years ago. So that was, um, you know, that that pivotal pivotal point in life where you question where am I at and what am I doing and who am I? All those questions came to light for me at that time. Throughout my grief, I felt like I met myself in that pure darkness of my grief and that was when I was ready to step into the light as the real me not someone that I thought I had to be or someone I was trying to be or anything like that. It was just a beautiful journey and a huge awakening for me. So when, when you mean you're a, a, a life coach, does that mean your people have issues they give you a call or, or do you spend some time yeah. with them each week? Or Yeah, so uh, people sign up for either three to six months usually. I do some 12-month programs for those that really need it and want that extra help, but I believe in the power of uh, neuro-linguistic programming, which is what I specialize in, and they only need up to six months and they're ready to soar with the eagles on their own. So it's about um, raising people's different levels of consciousness. They're not consciously aware of the things that are holding them back in life because what you don't know, you don't know. And so we make, well, I help them and other coaches in the world, we help them. Uh, A life coach makes people aware consciously of the things that they wouldn't think to ask themselves or to dig deep in getting the answers to what they're really looking for. Have you found, oh, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I have issues. I've got to remember I want (laughs) to like a CB radio instead of in person. It's fine. 
Um, how how's COVID affected uh, your business and your life at the moment, especially if you were doing events? Yeah. So strangely enough, um, it was a little crippling at first, but then it became the most beautiful thing that happened to to my business and myself. So I believe a lot of people went through their own awakening during that time. I actually wrote this epic poem that I put on social media about it and was saying that, um, you know, one of the lines in it was, um, while some of us can't go outside, some of us are forced to go within. Mm. And um, a lot of people went into isolation and they were, you know, all the things that kept them busy that masks their everyday issues or underlying issues that they haven't been willing to face when they were forced into isolation, they were forced to face those parts of them. They were forced to face their shadows. And that's where life coaches come in is people are willing to ask for help when they reach that point. So um, my coaching business skyrocketed at that point and also because my national tour I was in the middle of a tour when the the COVID hit so when my tour was put on hold I had all this spare time to be able to take on more clients and then I was I was able to help people more one-on-one rather than from stage so you mean a national tour as you come over to Perth or not well, we were doing um, Queensland and New South Wales. So we did Sunshine Coast. The one on Gold Coast was cancelled. That was our second one on the Gold Coast. And then we had one booked for Sydney as well. And, the, yeah, we only got to do the first event. And then before we could jump on the second one, uh, COVID hit and we had to postpone everything, which was yeah. a shame. I know. I was yeah. actually in, in an event when when it all came out. I was actually at one of Kerwin Ray's events. Oh, wow. Where was that? That was at the Star in Sydney. And we had one day of the event because it's a K2 event. And then um, and then we had to can it because it was like they were going to shut down Sydney. Well, it looked like they were going to shut down Sydney at the time. Oh, gosh. But yeah, nearly everyone I, was, I... Sorry. Go ahead. I was in America when it hit. You were where? I was in America. Oh, really? <laughs> so I... Yeah, so I, I did the first event on the Sunshine Coast and then I went to America for three weeks. And then when I came back, I was due to do the Gold Coast event uh, maybe three weeks later. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I flew back from Australia, uh, from from America, um, they were asking questions at the airport where you travelled and it was starting to get serious then. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was actually when I was in Mexico, I saw something on social media that everyone was going crazy over the toilet paper. Yep. But, and I was like, what is going on back home? This is mental. <laughs> people are so strange. But uh, it seems that most people I've talked to on the podcast have actually said that COVID was a good thing for them and for their business. And I think it's because uh, maybe they're a little bit more conscious. Yes. Yeah, know. that's what I was saying about people being forced to go within and, and have to look for alternative options. And I think people were faced with, what is the quality of life to them now? Mm. You know, because all the external noise had to stop. They had to stop and question where they were at and what's important to them. And when you have the simple things like toilet paper taken away from you or the freedom to be able to just go out and sit at your local coffee shop every morning, when those things were taken away from people, they were left questioning, what do I value in life? What's important to me? And that was really powerful. It's a powerful message. Uh, Yeah, I've seen a lot of posts about... um in WA because we're pretty good now, obviously, but I saw a lot of posts about wives saying, how can I keep my husband at home? How can I maintain how well our family's going now that he's, we're on lockdown and he's come home 
from work, you know. So oh, wow. I, I think it's been really good. Like for me personally, we actually shut our business down for two months because we were a service industry. And mm-hmm. I spent two months with my dad traveling, which was really good. And then now we're only open three days a week. And the other two days are with my wife and my young son. And it's, it's actually made me realize what's the most important in life. You know, I know it's devastating for some people's businesses, but mm. you can always make money. Yeah, well, financially, I think people have been strained, but in other aspects, what we're referring to the most is that people were left questioning what is the purpose and quality of their life, and that is to be with your loved ones, and people are starting to prioritise their health when they don't normally. You know, they don't stop to think about those things, and all of these things in question really made people wake up, and I think it was a beautiful thing. I think it was something that really needed to happen. Yeah, yeah. So what did you start with first, um, your, your Inspiring Minds movement? Is that what you started with first? Yeah, so my journey kicked off with that from a Tony Robbins event. Okay. It was 12 months exactly to the day that my father passed. Um, I went to a Tony Robbins event. It was the big one. It was Date with Destiny. I went in Cairns. So it was six days straight of being in that room with 2,500 people. Is that and the one where the- you walk on fire? That's um, Unleash the Power Within. So I did that months later. So what you're supposed to do is go to UPW first. Um, That one is only four days and that one you do walk on fire the first night. And that one's more of an intro to the self-development space and Tony Robbins and that sort of environment. And then you take the leap from there and go the big one, which is the six days in Cairns. Mm -hmm. And that one, they go really deep. They like go right in and pull your soul out. Basically, it's like hardcore. And I did it the wrong way around. Huh. Um, <laughs> I found out about Date with Destiny through my high school buddy. Uh, we've been mates for over twenty years, and he said uh, he was going to it, uh, the one in Cairns, with his girlfriend. And uh, because he knew I was at a crossroads with uh, my grief and I was unhappy in my marriage and um, I was unfulfilled in my business and my job anymore, all these things I was Mm. questioning all aspects of my life. And he said, I think you would really benefit from this. So when he told me the date and it fell on the anniversary of my dad's passing, I didn't question whether I should buy a ticket because I wanted to mark that occasion with something really remarkable and positive I didn't want to be, you know, spreading ashes and mourning and sobbing yeah. and crying and drinking and all of that. I, I really wanted to do something that would empower me and make my dad proud. And, um, yeah, so I, so I booked a ticket and when paid was like six grand for six days and I just jumped in head first and decided to give it a go. And it was the most amazing thing I've ever done and I wouldn't be where I am now if I didn't go. So I strongly recommend to everyone out there if you can go to, any self-development event, which is why I created this movement, then do so because it's just that turning point for you. It's that light at the end of the tunnel that you've been looking for. Yeah, I know what you mean. After working with Kerwin and, and, and his community for nearly 12 months, I try and tell my friends, you know, they're, they're like, I'm like, you've got to go to this. It's it's like two, it's two grand online, the first one. And I'm like, you've got to go. And they're like, nah, nah. And then I'm like, well, and then my wife says, well, everyone will be ready when they're ready, you know. That's the issue I find is uh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. That old saying is I've met so many people in this space that um, it took them a long time to step up and the people that want the coaching, but they don't, it's like they, Mm. they saw they're curious 
and they want a better life, but they're so scared to face their fears and face their shadows. It's not something a lot of people are willing to do. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of fear of what people can actually achieve if they remove mm-hmm. the limits from themselves. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, that too. It's liberating. It's something definitely worth exploring. Oh, like if you told me I'd be running a podcast two years ago, I'll tell you, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, I don't have time yeah. for that. Yeah, well, if you told me I'd be touring the, the world and uh, to speaking on stage and mentoring and coaching people from all walks of life and even people um, nearly double my age, then, yeah, it's pretty crazy. So, so uh, you're still married, yes? No. So that's no. another part of the story. Um, I bought my husband a ticket to Tony Robbins with me and he was one of those people that wasn't ready and willing to face himself and uh, our marital issues. Um, so I ended up going alone. And, oh, wow. yeah, and uh, it's, it's funny because halfway through the Tony Robbins event in those six days, I phoned him because I said, um, well, I was upset that he wasn't coming and he proved to me that yet again I wasn't a priority and the marriage wasn't a priority and whatnot, not realising then that that was actually his fears holding him back. Mm. It had nothing to do with his feelings for me but just his his fears at the time and um, because I wasn't consciously aware, I made that all about me and thought that um, it was uh, a reflection of my value and worth in his eyes but that yep. wasn't the case. And so, you know, I took my rings off and said, well, I'm going by myself and single and I'm going to explore this by myself. And I asked that we have no contact while I was up there because I wanted to to do this for myself and not have him interfere with his opinions or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I went up there um, practically a single woman, I guess. I'm not too sure, but <laughs> mm. um, I went up there as that. And halfway through, I actually phoned him. And I had a little tear and I said, you know, um, the old Jess is coming back. I'm sorry I've been grieving so hard and um, I haven't been myself the last 12 months, but uh, she's coming home, she's coming back. And he didn't even know what to say or do with that. Like I took so much responsibility for how I had behaved or my emotions and everything for myself, but I, because he hadn't come to Tony Robbins and he hadn't looked at himself, he wasn't willing to accept any responsibility for his part at that point. And I kept telling everyone, I can't wait to go home and share this with my husband and Mm -hmm. enlighten him when I get home because I felt like I had all the answers to fix our problems. And when I got home, um, there was just nothing there. Mm. It was was awkward. He didn't want to talk about the event. He didn't want to ask me about the event. I was cautious not to uh, force any of that information on him. It was just really, it was really strange. And leading up to that, I mean, we'd had issues for a long time, um, at least the last 12 months of, of the marriage. And, yeah, just it was just a point of us growing so far apart and not having any common ground anymore. And so I was only home for about a week and I decided that it was the right thing for me to do, for me to, to move on and explore this world on my own, on my terms, and not be mm. afraid to do so. That's very so, brave. Yeah. I did. Yeah, it was at the time. We'd been together nearly 10 years. Wow. Nine and a half years. Yeah. Um, we were only married for two and a half of that. And we we're meant to have a family and all the rest of it. But that was another part of why things weren't working um, because he just decided that wasn't something he wanted anymore. Oh, really? Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's, um, he's a bodybuilder mm-hmm. and 
it was something that when he entered the industry, I didn't realize it's something that they carry on for a long time because they just get better and better each year. Mm. Like they, they get bigger and they get better and better. So yeah. he, he'd put so much into it. He said, why would I give up now? It's and kind of like a relationship though. It is exactly. And it was more that regimented, a strict lifestyle that I felt was being forced upon me because oh, this really? meant that again, we didn't have that common ground. I'm very social. I like to go out. I like to experience new things and try new things and meet new people. And he became very withdrawn, you know, the strict diet restricted where mm. he could go. He didn't touch a drop of alcohol, which is fine. But when you're not an extrovert person and you don't bring anything to the table, it's very hard to, to meet new people and interact when you're very sh- closed off from that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we just became two ships passing in the night and didn't really have um, that common ground where we were building a life together anymore. But we're great friends now. Um, it took him a while to get past a few things and actually it was coronavirus that made him have a huge wake-up call. Oh, really? So, yeah, because no the gym. competition, no gym and the competitions were cancelled. He was about to do his fourth competition since we'd separated in just less than a year. He'd mm. done four competitions in a row um, and, yeah, he, he was forced into isolation without the gym, without the competitions, and, again, like most people in the world, he was forced to, to face his shadows and have a look at himself, and he started to look around and think, well, what am I doing all this for when I don't have much left at the end of the day? Mm. No social life, no friends, no wife, no family. Yeah, so it's funny because he's made a lot of changes in his life now, but it's been just over a year since we separated, and it's one of those things where we just can't go back, but yeah, um, we're, yeah. we're really grateful to be friends now and to have shared the journey that we, we did. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually so glad uh, that when I went to the first of first self-development event I went to that we paid the six and a half grand and uh, my wife and I got to go. Cause I could imagine that it, if she didn't want to go or if I didn't want to go, that the growth, the difference in the growth between the two people, would cause so many problems, you know, and even though at the time it was not economically viable for both of us to take the next step and, and, and we both decided I did, there was still some big gap of growth and I had to come back from events and say, Maria, you need to read this book and this book and this book and we need to talk about this stuff and this stuff and this stuff. And I'm just very lucky that she was very already open to learning the stuff. There was some jealousy. She was like, oh, you're going away and having such a good time. And I'm like, I'm getting up at five o'clock in the morning, listening to seminars till six, and then so exhausted <laughs> I just want to go to bed. I'm not going yeah. out afterwards. And she was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely a, an intense journey of growth. Um, it's mm. definitely worth celebrating, but at the same time, it's hard work because you've got to be willing to commit and apply yourself to learning it. You know, and so, and sometimes yeah. I think you know why didn't I start this early? But earlier, mm. but everyone has their own journey and I've never read so many books in my life. Me too. Me too. What are you reading at the moment (laughs) or listening to? I I love Jack Canfield's books, but I'm actually reading one that was gifted to me um, called How How Do Successful People Behave, I think it is. Um, 
I just put it in my story on Instagram last night. It was gifted to me by a gentleman on social media that just follows my journey. And he, he contacted me and said, Jess, I know that you will pay this forward. So I want to gift you this um, book and send it to you. And yeah, it's called um, How Successful People Grow. I always like book recommendations. Yeah, it's John C. Maxwell. I just finished uh, Miracle Morning and I'm starting on Eckhart's Tolls, the, the Power of Now. Oh, yes. Yes, that's a good one. I read um, The One Thing. Yeah, The One Thing, yeah, that's prerequisite if you ever work with Cohen. You've got to read this book, One Thing. <laughs> that was recommended to me by my life coach. So straight after Date with Destiny with Tony Robbins, I then did sign up and get a life coach myself and that's sort of what pushed me on this journey and then I went on to study NLP after that and, yeah. It's oh, so NLP is actually a course. Yes, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Yeah, because I've yeah. got a book on my uh, – I've got the basic NLP on, on, on Audible to listen to, but where's, where's that course run and what does that involve? Because I'm sure a lot of people listening have never heard of NLP. Yeah, that's why when I say neuro-linguistic programming, people are like, oh, that's what it is because I didn't know for a long time myself and I was in the self-development space. Um, so there's heaps of different teachers around that have decided on their journey they've probably been a coach and then instead of coaching the public, they now teach coaches how to become coaches and they uh, teach them neuro-linguistic programming so it's it's more involved than what you just learn at a tony robbins event mm. some of the things that i was taught during my course was actually things I already knew from tony robbins but this is on a whole different level it's uh, way more intense and you obviously get qualifications and get certificates and that out of it which qualifies you to to be a coach and do what you want with it from there but you don't have to become a coach you can just do it for yourself and your own personal growth yeah so that's just uh, yeah. training your brain through through the use of language. Is that right? Well, it's um, the different levels of consciousness, again, what I was referring to before. So yeah. um, it's all about there's so many different techniques. Also learnt timeline therapy. Um, you can also do hypnotherapy, but I didn't learn that. Um, that's something I'll look into further down the track. I just didn't want to overwhelm myself with too much knowledge at once. Yeah. I was already going to so many seminars, reading so many books, and now studying neurolinguistic programming and getting my certificates. I thought... One thing at a time. Um, but, yeah, you can go back and do more courses and level up even more. Um, there's another one coming up soon, which is Master Prax. So I went at, at the entry level and learnt the course for five days and now I can go in and do Master Prax and do a whole other level from there. And, and how have you seen your group of friends from when you started this journey change from where they uh, are now? Yeah, so... Um, interesting you ask because similar to my marriage, I was unhappy with my circle of friends. I just felt like they were keeping me small. Um, as harsh as that sounds, um, gosh, they just didn't align with my values. They aligned with my old identity and who I was before, uh, but not my new one. There was a couple of friends I'd been friends with a long time, like 20 plus years from school or whatever, that I maintained a relationship with that I was extremely loyal to and vice versa. Um, but that's because they're authentic, genuine people and the others just became associates and now we just don't even speak. We didn't have a fallout or anything, but you just become very sensitive to the energy you're around mm -hmm. and you become um, not picky, but you, you become wise in your choices of who you choose to spend your time and energy with, whether they are a positive influence and they're going to uplift you or whether they're someone that's dragging you down a little bit or just quite stagnant to be around. 
Yeah, straight away. As soon as, I noticed within a couple of months, I was cutting people away that were just, you know, because you're, you're the sum of the people you hang around with. You know, if you hang around with, you know, five people that are extreme athletes, you're going to be the sixth, you know. Exactly. Yeah, you're the average of the five people you hang out with. I say that a lot to my clients and enforce them to make sure they start aligning themselves to people in this space. So I, I actually connect some of my clients I get them to add each other on Facebook and connect when they're on similar journeys and they're going through similar stages in their lives, even if it's they might be both going through a divorce or they, they just share something in common. I try and put them in touch with each other because it is that power proximity mm-hmm. when you're growing and someone's growing with you. That's why it's so important that your wife joins you on that journey. Yeah, um, very, very important. Yeah. So how many clients do you have at the moment? Twelve. If- 12 clients and the most furthest away? Oh, gosh. Um, Probably Houston, Texas would be the furthest away. Wow. Yeah. So how did they get in touch with you? Just social media, I guess? Yes, all through Facebook. Yeah. Facebook is the, the main platform for... Um, people to connect us. I'm so grateful for the internet and like I wouldn't have found you or you wouldn't have found me on there either. So, yeah, absolutely um, use that and Instagram, but just social media in general. I don't even know how they found me, to be honest. I have no idea. Yeah, how did I, I, I think your, I was just scrolling one day and yours came up that we had a mutual friend, I think, on Facebook. And you were yeah. doing a video and I watched the video. And I was like, oh, this, this chick's really great. Well, then I showed my wife and she's like, oh, you should get her on the show. So then it all started, you know. Yeah. I think that's, um, you know, how it's, it does friend suggestions if you have friends in common. Mm, I think yeah. that, that really helps. So, yeah. Yeah. But um, how will these people in America keep finding me as well? I, I don't know. It really surprises me. I think some of them follow me for months before they become a client. They yeah. just got to build a relationship and that rapport. So I'm very consistent and I show up every day on social media for them um, because you never know with that message that you're delivering who it's going to land for at precisely the right time they need to hear it. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, yeah. I know we haven't got much time left, but what are you going to be looking forward to in like the next six to 12 months if the COVID stuff settles down, of course? Yeah, so I had big plans around that national tour. So when the tour was finishing, one of the speakers that I joined forces with, um, I don't know if you've heard of Michael Crossland, I actually went to the Richard Branson event in Brisbane. Okay. And that, that one had Kerwin Ray, Richard Branson, um, gosh, there was a few other speakers, some local and some international. Actually, I think that might have been the one that um, Gary V was at as well. But it was okay. this big event and Michael Crossland was the opening speaker. He was an inspirational speaker. And he was the, the opening um, act, if you want to call it. And after he, like he, when he spoke, I was on the edge of my seat. His story is so goddamn epic. He had a rare cancer um, that put him th- all through hospital through, through his childhood. And then he was one of those people that was given, he was like a guinea pig for this, uh, for a trial for this uh, medication that okay. could cure this cancer. And he's the only sole survivor in the whole world that uh, tried this, this drug to cure his cancer. All the rest of them passed and he's the only one that survived. 
And then his story just kept escalating because when it was one thing and he thought he was good, another thing happened, another thing happened. And um, he has a really successful background before all of that, but um, he, he just kept getting kicked back down. And then he got pregnant with his wife and they decided that um, the, well, the child was, born premature and they thought they lost the baby as well and so he does this video he does this video where he shows people all these parts of his life especially when he talks about his mum and how heartbroken his mum was and that his mum got the doctors not to tell him that he wasn't going to get better because she kept telling him he was knowing that it was a mind over matter and it was so powerful but when he shared this story everyone was either laughing or crying like throughout it like on the edge of their seat and it was just so moving that afterwards we had to line up to get uh, to to meet and greet Michael if you wanted to, and I knew I wanted to meet him because I wanted him to speak on my stage one day. And there's a funny story to it which I can't wait to share on stage when we do get to share one together because, as I said, the tour got cancelled. But I went to line up to meet him, and one of the crew members I turned I turned around to speak to someone, and when I turned back around, I didn't realize how long the line had got because I was busy chatting. And one of the crew members for this event, was they, they were all wearing red shirts. He was in front of me and he was chatting to the person in front of him in the line. And she said something and she laughed and looked over his shoulder at me and she said something about how powerful and amazing Michael's story was. And I said, wasn't he great? And we engaged in a conversation very briefly and the crew member in the red shirt turned around and said, oh, no, honey, this is the end of the line, um, you know, like no. this is the line. And I said, yeah, I know, and I'm in it. And he goes, no, no, it's cut off here where I'm standing. You're not going to get to meet him today. And I looked up I looked up along the line and I saw Michael and I was like, no, I've come this far. I'm not, I'm not backing down. I'm someone that you don't say no to. So <laughs> the guy had already turned around and put his back to me and um, I walked away, I walked along the line, I walked past him, I looked back at him and I said, we'll see about that and I winked at him and I walked to the front of the line and um, I was looking around, you know, like looking looking like someone that was a little in dis- like distressed and was looking for someone important and one of the crew members said, oh, can I help you, miss? And I said, yeah, I'm looking for George, let's just say his name was. <laughs> I'd taken note, I'd taken note of this guy wearing a suit and he had a badge on and I knew he was someone important and I knew he was one of the managers. And so I said, yeah, I'm looking for George. And he said, oh, what, what do you need him for? This guy is freaking out thinking, what does she want the big guy for? And I said, oh, um, I'm sorry. And then I put my hand out and said, how rude of me. I said, I'm Jessica Kate. I'm the founder of Inspiring Minds Movement. And it's very important that I meet Michael today because George promised me that I'd get a meet and greet with him. Yeah, and I already had my phone out ready to go. I had my camera open and I said, it'll only take a minute. And I shoved my phone in his hand and said, come on. And I ushered him over there. And next minute I was jumping the queue, getting a photo with Michael Crossland. And then Michael held my hand, said it was lovely to meet you, got a photo with him. And he said, everyone, I'm so sorry, but I've got to go now. We've run out of time. And he left. And I got the the last one. I got the last photo and that guy line yeah so if that guy didn't tell me at the end of the line that I wasn't going to meet him that day I wouldn't have marched to the front and made that happen I would have stood at the end of that line and then watched Michael walk away yeah so what happened was the next day I shared my story on social media and I tagged Michael Crossland in it thinking surely he's got like a PA or he's got VAs on social media Mm -hmm. that wouldn't even Mm -hmm. notice it but I tagged him in it and he private messaged me 
and said, what a lovely story. Thanks so much for sharing. Um, and we just started connecting. And then we started sending voice messages to each other. And he was playing with his son in his lounge room, sending me voice messages. And I was like, bullshit, is this really happening right now? So I told him my goal was to get him on stage with me one day. And he said, I feel like that day is coming up sooner than than later I can see it happening for you because of my determination yeah and so when I started playing the national tour I said I don't care what it costs I got to get Michael on stage and I booked him for the Gold Coast event and the Sydney event and then what I learned of Michael and his story is he actually has an orphanage he created in Haiti which is a couple of hours south of Miami mm-hmm And then I discussed with him the possibilities of me going over to volunteer at his orphanage because I wanted to go there for my own personal growth and journey. I wanted to be stripped of, you know, makeup, tan, my designer labels, like everything, all the luxury items that we take for granted every day. I wanted to be stripped of all that raw and real and get really raw with myself and go and spend time at this orphanage with these beautiful children. And he said, I would love to join you. I'd love to take you over there. I'd love to meet you, at, sorry, introduce you to all of my crew and get you to meet them. Um, and then I was like, oh, my God, what if we document this and then we bring it back and then I can share it on stage when we finish our tour and show everyone what we've been up to and, and give them that shift in perspective as to what their lives could look like if they lived in a third world country and mm. had to you know, be at an orphanage. So... It, it just got really exciting and I'd planned to go back to America when the tour finished, but then COVID sort of yeah. put everything on hold. Um, so as I said, in the meantime, I increased the coaching side of things one-on-one and then I was able to launch United Women, which is something that I was not thinking of doing. It simply came about and was created from a simple interview with a girl that I believed uh, was quite a positive influence on social media and I wanted to interview her live on my Instagram to boost some followers from her page. Mm-hmm. And then it turned into us discussing the topic that we felt we were both very passionate about that we could put into a workshop. And then the workshop turned into another workshop and now it's turned into a retreat. Wow. Yeah. So I just keep finding ways to level up every time. I just don't stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm finding that now as well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll start posting on Facebook now. Got a podcast now. I'm doing Instagram, and I have a videographer follow yeah. me around. You know, filming yeah. everything. You know, it's crazy. But it's yeah. such been such a good journey, I guess, for both of us. You know, and um, people say, I oh, like friends of mine because I'm in the automotive industry, and obviously, the guys are pretty bogany, and they're like, oh, you've changed so much, and I'm like, yeah, well, I've changed for the better. You know, because I am a small business owner. You know, and um, I just hope that that anyone listens to this starts taking that journey by downloading a book off audible or something like that for for self-development because it's the most um i think it's the most important thing to invest in really 100 percent. you just don't realize what you can actually consciously be aware of when you're made aware of it and it's 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 that bright light at the end of the tunnel that i was saying so many people live every day almost on autopilot and groundhog day and all those types of things and there's a whole other world out there that you're yet to experience once you are awakened to it. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Jess. If people want to get a hold of you, where will they find you at? Yes. Well, my website's currently being built, but in the meantime, it's all my social media platforms. So I'm on Instagram as Jessica Kate Inspire. I'm on Facebook as Jessica Kate. 
Um, and then Inspiring Minds Movement has a page as well. And for all the women out there that are interested in getting on board with United Women, please join that too. That's on uh, Instagram as well. Perfect. So thank you so much for your time today, Jess, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely talk soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Bye. Bye.